0: what a great song. Uh, God is awesome. Can I get a man and amen to that. you know uh, God is so good. Guys, uh, good morning to you guys. want to welcome you guys to our Metro East service today and uh, definitely want to uh, continue to give a special thanks for you know to Doug for being here. I just want you guys to know Doug's been working hard for this region. Man, meeting after meeting. and so I just uh, we just want this thank you Doug for all the work you're doing, and uh, no, it's not easy, and uh, but we're a family, and uh, let's move forward together. Um, all right, uh, wasn't that great to be able to hear from our teens? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really, uh, I'm so encouraged uh, by their faith and their, and they're just their, um, just their connection that they've made with other teens. And uh, we do have our, our pre-teens uh, going to camp tomorrow, yeah. and uh, yeah, so we have, uh, you know, Roy's going to be little Roy. Well, they're both little, but. Li- Sorry, where's Roy? Where's my friend Roy? I know he's not Okay, he's not here. Don't tell him I said that. Okay. Uh, but, Roy, you know, uh, Roy Jr. is going to be uh, going. And then, uh, as well, uh, Chris from the Spanish ministry and uh, um, Catherine and Emilio are going to be going this year. So I'm really excited about it. And uh, so thank you guys for the support that you guys have given and to allow us to be able to send Cathy and Emilio to that as well. Uh, with that, so... Um, all right. Um, let me introduce my topic, and uh, as I um, as I teach today, um, I always like keeping certain things in, in mind as I as I teach and as I preach. and And um, the first thing is that I always think about why is this topic so important? That uh, why I want to talk about um, what I'm going to talk about. Uh, as I prepare, um, as I put thought into this, I want to describe God's character. And, um, as, and, and in my sermons, I would like to just always remind you and encourage you uh, that this is about imitating Jesus, right? And it's not just about appreciating him and admiring him from afar. You know, this is truly, we are in this because we want to become more like him. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Jesus didn't just come to die for our sins. He rose from the dead so that we may follow him. And I always want to include some practicals to empower you, and just some motivation. Don't we need some motivation? Uh, I know uh, I'm a feeler by nature, so I I constantly have to be finding inspiration. And uh, I'm grateful that Jesus gives us that inspiration. And so uh, the topic this morning that I want to talk to you about is uh, clear purpose. And um, uh, with that, um, let let me start off with the word of prayer um and um and, and i'll do my best to deliver what i have written down amen all right let's pray um heavenly father um I, I, god i want to be honest before my brothers and sisters god as always um father uh, god i'm going through a lot right now and um father uh my wife my family's going through a lot right now and um father i just uh, i just want to ask you for your help god to really deliver um god your word deliver what's been put on my heart god um father i pray that you'll open up our hearts and our minds right now i pray that you'll help us to be focused and uh, i pray that we really listen father to your spirit and how you want to mold us and shape us and um and call us higher in our faith father i'm so grateful for everyone in this room god just men and women father who believe who have faith in you god and their faith father's precious and I pray, Father, this morning you'll use me to edify their faith, God. I thank you, and we give you everything, God, that is going on, because we're all going through something, God. And uh, we need you and want you in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Okay, um, why is this topic important to me? Um, I've been, uh, once a year, there's a, there's a big conference at uh, Pepperdine University. It's put on by the Traditional Churches of Christ. And um, I was hearing one of these classes, and they were talking about... Um, um, just how certain churches, how how over the years they've gotten smaller, and uh, and and the and the topic was, you know, I'm really, they were being very real and honest about just uh, how do we transfer our faith to the next generation, and uh, you can imagine that, you know, having not been around for over 100 years now and so forth. You think about, you know, wouldn't that be challenging? And that's our challenge, too, right? It's like whatever worked in 1970s or 80s, eh, it's not working now. You know, same convictions, right? But, but, but different times, you know? And, uh, and we do want this, you know, we want our faith to be transferred, you know? Uh, you know, I, I'm in my 50s now, you know? And it's like, you know what? I, no, I do want this to become, you know, our, 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 our children's church, you know, and so teen camp is so important in preaching, you know, seeing their faith grow and, and, uh, you know, our, the convictions are still important that we have as older, but we do need to make it, you know, hand that down and be able to support our, our, our kids. And, and so it really made me have been thinking about, um, that about lately. And, uh, they recommended a book that we read. And so it's, it's called Autopsy of a Deceased Church. And, uh, and, and you know, so I've been reading, and it's a really small read. I mean, it's like each chapter is like three or four pages. Uh, but what I love about it is just it's just deepening my convictions. And I've ordered books for this because we're going to be going through this as in, in the, the small group leaders. Uh, because I feel like if you've been around for some time, I think some of these things are going to really resonate with you. And uh, and it's not to be a downer or, a, you know, anything like that, because it's not meant to be like that. It's just meant to be... You know, and 12, twelve ways to keep yours alive, and um, you know, and so, so as I read these things, I'm just going to read the, the the titles, and and you tell me if some of these sound, you know, kind of familiar. Um, slow erosion. The past is the hero. Uh, the church refused to look like the community. The budget moved inwardly. The Great Commission becomes the Great Omission. The preference driven church. Pa- pastoral tenure decreases. The church rarely prayed together. The church had no clear purpose. The church obsessed over the facilities. You know, much. That's funny, you know. My, I told you some of these things in your life. And so you start reading these things, it's like, uh-oh, you know, you start, you know. Let's just start with Chapter 1, you know. You know and, and I do want to do, once we settle down and stuff like that the weeks, I would love to be able to just do, pick some brothers out, you know, let's do a 12-week series on these things, you know. Because we can look at this, and obviously to, to keep moving forward strong would be the opposite of these things. And these are things that you start reading, right, you're like, hey, I can You start seeing some signs there. You know and so um um and so that so that 's been on my heart, and um you know uh, um um and, you know and it 's kind of one of these topics where it 's uh uh you know should we should I talk about this right now, but this is just what god 's put on my heart now, you know, and um you know, I was reading uh, uh, um about just really having a clear purpose, and we were at um you yeah, know I was at kate lang 's uh, memorial service yesterday, and it was just a you know, every time you go to a memorial service, it's just such a great reminder, right? We always you'll, you know uh, start with the end in mind, and uh, it was such an amazing, uh, really just incredible sharing about Kate Lang and who she was as a woman, and what God has done in her life, and uh, just a really uh, amazing example. Just just as Doug said, she was just a Christian, you know, and um, and, and so as as we. As we Talk about just really having our clear our clear purpose, and um, there's a story i don't know if you guys have heard it in the 1980s there was it's called the Miracle on ice do you guys ever, do you guys anybody know that Ray would know he's a big uh, sports fan um but uh, I understand there was a movie made about it and um the guy was uh the coach was talking about um you know at that time it's. it's this was back in the day when remember, uh professional athletes weren't competing right. Uh, in the Olympic sports, and uh, there was a, uh, the, the, it was just the, the, the USA uh, hockey team, and, um, and so it was just basically a lot of uh, um, just college students, and, uh, and the coach was at, at, at practice, and he was seeing how they were playing, and, and uh, you know, he didn't like the way they were playing, you know, and so he'd make them do these, you know, uh, exercises, and just exhaustion, and, and they're exhausted, and he would ask them, who do you play for? And they would proudly say the university that they played for. And, uh, and, and then you know what? And then the coach is like, nope. And he would get them all out there again, right? And they just and then the other coaches, uh, you know, they're getting concerned about how, how driven, you know how, you know, how he's driving these guys. And uh, to the point of exhaustion, and he keeps asking, who do you play for? And each one of them keeps saying their school's name. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, so they keep going at it, and then one guy gets it. He says, you know, on the ground, who do you play for? He says, I play for the United States of America. You know, and that brought, you know, the team together. And they went on to to win the first round against heavy competition. They ended up winning the gold medal that year. You know, but isn't that a great question? Who do you play for? You know, and are we clear about that? Because, you know, uh, there is, we can understand physical exhaustion. But we can understand, too, spiritual exhaustion. And what does that look like? You know, and basically, I kind of come to realize a little bit, what, what happens is that we come in for Jesus, and, but then we don't start getting our way. You know what I mean? And there's some disappointment, and, and you know, and, and I can really understand. It's like, you know, then that starts feeling exhausting, and, and it becomes too much about my will and what I want to see happen. You know, and, and, and we have to ask ourselves, who do you play for? You know, and and it's a great reminder that we're here because of Jesus. It was Jesus who called us out of this world. It was Jesus who died for us. It was Jesus who left heaven perfection to come down on this earth, to extend a hand, to be able to say, I can empathize. I can relate to you. I can show you the way. You know, and, 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 he, and he comes and shows us the life of what, of what true faithfulness to God looks like. A faithfulness that's not based on earthly rewards or the earthly blessings. But just a straight love for God that, that you know, that he would love God so much that he preferred to die than to be separated from his God. And that, to me, is eternal love, right? That you love someone so much that you never, ever want to be separated from him. You know, and I think that's part of marriage, right? I love my wife so much, I never, ever want to be separated from her. She's taught me it's what eternal love is. And we love our families, right? and, And that's, you know, when you feel like that, that's eternal love. And, you know and it's, and so I could ask you, well, how much longer do you want to be separated from God? you know it's like you you don't you don't want that right and so and 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 we drive you know and it drives us you know, and so we need to think about who do we play for and why are you following him you know and um, I want us to read over in, in John chapter six we're going to it's going to be uh we're going to read uh, there's a, there's a small section that I want to get to, but it, you have to kind of look at the whole thing to really get it. Um, and, and I almost wish that this was more of a sit down, like a you know, conversation, because this chapter, you could probably, you can really dwell in, in the word. And, it, and it's so meaty. Um, you know, but let's look at, at it. And basically, you know, I have the, uh, three points is that, you know, um, that our clear purpose, you know, to live out the gospel. Uh, secondly, to proclaim the gospel. And thirdly, to partner in the gospel. And uh, as we read John chapter 6, um, you ready, Amir? All right, buddy, we're going we're gonna to read, read it down, and let's just let the Spirit talk to you guys. All right, Jesus feeds the 5,000. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him. For he already had in mind that he was going to what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Now this is going to sound bullish, but it's not. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how how, how far will they go among so many? Do you think he asked the boy? I don't know, but you do know, like that. But he says, Jesus said, have the people sit down there was plenty of grass in that in that place and the men sat down about 5000 of them jesus then took the loaves gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted he did the same with the fish when they had uh, when they had all had enough to eat he said to his disciples gather the pieces that are left over let nothing be wasted So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous signs that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake. Where they got into a boat and set off across the lake of Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shores of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boat and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus." When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, where did you, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which is which the Son of Man will give you. On him the, the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. But it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All that the father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away, for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of all that he has given me, but raise him up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that comes down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say I've come down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets. They will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the father and learns from him comes to me. No one who has seen the Father except the one who is from God, only he has seen the Father. I tell you the truth, he who believes uh, has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of of the world. Then Jesus began to argue sharply among, then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died. But he who feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave, too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who the one of the twelve was later to betray him. Powerful? Very deep. Uh, so much, right? And uh, first of all, I really love how Jesus is able to take some, uh, some, some just day-to-day story about food and turn it into something really spiritual, right? And, uh, of course, that's good parenting right there because uh, you spend every day-to-day, right, with your kids and you start seeing those things. And, and uh, you know, you can later on apply that spiritually, you know, as parents. You know, but that's a freebie parenting. That's not a parenting class. Okay. <laughs> But um, I just love the, the, the spirituality and I love reading, you know, just um, about Jesus. And, and um, you know, I, I first just wanted to read um, verse 61 where, where it just, but it didn't make sense, right? It says, um, where it just said, um, I'm sorry, where he was asking him, um, actually in verse, in verse 26, and uh, where it says, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me. Not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate your loaves and had your fill. And uh, you obviously, you know, you could understand the, the uh, in the context of this passage, is, you know, you're seeing some miraculous things, you know. But but Jesus, understanding the motives of our hearts, understanding of who we really are and what's really going on, says, "Hey, you know what? You're really not here for the miracles." Because later on in John chapter 20 says that, hey, all these things, all these miracles have, uh, have been written down so that you may believe. And that you would follow Jesus. To the point of death for Jesus. And so these individuals, they weren't there yet. And so he's saying, hey, you, you, you're not here because of the miraculous signs and what they are supposed to produce in you. You're here because you got your fill with some food, and you're you're following me, and you're and you're and you're seeking for me for some blessing and for some reward, and it's not just for me, you know. And and, and I think it, and, and and don't we have to reflect on our own lives as to why are we following him and why are we still doing this and and you know and who are we exactly following? You know, I I think those those are great questions that we got to really ask ourselves, because just the way that Jesus asked Philip, "Hey, Philip, there's a lot of hungry people. Uh, How do you think? How do you think we should handle this?" And it says it right. It says He asked this to test him, and God is oh, you know, He's always testing and He's pruning and, and and He's looking at our hearts and our and our character to see where we're at and and is our our hearts and. And our character, is it, is it matching that of Jesus Christ? And, it, and if it's not, it's okay. He's got grace. He's still there with you, but he's not going to give up on you. And he's still going to put, put us through some things to continue to mold us. But, you know, we've got to remember that we're here just to live out the gospel. Just to, We're here, you know, I, I was so blown away by just Kate Lang's memorial service yesterday. You know, the, the things that just, just, just a woman that, that really, I mean, they said something like, you know, one, you know when I was sharing, I, the thing that stood out to me about her was that she was a generous woman, right? Uh, I mean, she was just always giving, you know, ne- ne- never asked for anything in return, you know, and uh, it said that, you know, she coordinated something like 60 weddings in the kingdom, never charged anybody anything she offered to you know to do our land you know designing our landscape for our home uh, if you come to my home it's still a mess we didn't take up on our services because <laughs> they don't think that that was her work but okay but um, you know but but just in a and just that, that spirit and and um, you know and she was definitely a woman that was joy filled in Christ and I, and I look at her and I, and I say she's joyful but I think who she really she was just someone who was joy filled in Christ you know, a woman that was just really just grateful for, um, you know, for um, just just Christ bringing her out of the world and saving her and, and bringing her from darkness into the light, and that just it, just the motivation of it, and um, and there was this one um, 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 a sister from the Orange County ministry. We had uh, our, our Metro Lake and Orange County um, came together to put this memorial service. And um, this uh, individual, everybody just you know, said great things. But it, it, this, this lady's sharing really um, impacted me. And it was like, man, because that's what it's about. And I talked to her afterwards. But she was talking about, she said, um, she said you know, I didn't have the privilege of knowing Kate. I said, but um, I knew her through my daughter. Because um, my daughter uh, was so impressed by her. She said, now, my daughter, you know, she's she's met a lot of famous people, actors and stuff like that, and she's not easily impressed, but with but with Kate, she was really impressed, and she was telling me how Kate would just, she would just, you know, do these, she goes, you know, Kate, why don't you get some advice from Kate, she does these flowers and so forth, and does this tea thing, and she does flower, you know, and, and she actually came to the tea party that they did and stuff, and. And she was t- talking about, you know, and the amazing, she doesn't charge anything. And to, to the mom, it was like, she doesn't charge anything. It's like she's missing out, Uh-oh. you know, and she was just I, like, why wouldn't she charge something? You know, and the sister was just like, you know what, because she's a disciple. And she quite didn't know what that meant yet. But it impacted her. And she's a disciple of Jesus now but I, it just made me think about just how important it is I'm just to just live out the gospel. Just live it out. Live out the way Jesus has called you to live it out. You know, he, he calls us to, to be generous, to, to you know, to love our enemies. Right to be kind. He calls us to to love like the good Samaritan. You know, and that he calls us to just to love like Jesus. He calls us to have the faith of Jesus. And I think that's what matters. She didn't have a title in the church. You know, and, and you know, and just, you know, she made such an impact. And I genuinely believe that her example, her legacy, can, will continue to live to just by her example because I'm inspired and so many people are inspired by her. But, you know, we can get so distracted. And and forget about just living out the gospel. You know, we live in the kingdom of God. You know, with the perfect king. And we we, we walk in this in this world and we are to proclaim the kingdom of God. You know, and 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 we, we forget about that. You know, it says that Jesus came eating and drinking. That's his big strategy, right? For changing the world one meal at a time. I'm just going to sit down with a friend. I'm going to sit down with a neighbor. I'm going to sit down with a stranger. I'm going to have a meal. I'm going to have a drink, and we're going to have a great spiritual conversation. Doesn't that sound great? You guys all love to eat? We all love to drink? We could eat and drink with somebody else, right? And just let God open and pray for an open door so that we can proclaim, right? First, uh, First Peter 2, 9-10, right? It says, God has brought us out of darkness into his wonderful light so that we may declare the praises of him. So that we may proclaim what he has done in our lives. You know, and, um, and we need to be able to just to, to remember, you know, to, talk, to just, just remember that we're fishers of men. You know, to just to remember that we've, you know, we're to evangelize. We're called to go and make disciples of Jesus. I mean, we're called to share our faith. And that as you share your faith, you know, that, man, you're reminded of how good you actually have it. You know, and, and, and I'm always reminded. I mean, I just, I just think about, you know, my, my foster kids now that we have in our home. And I don't know what God's going to do with that. But I would think all the sacrifice and all the things that we're doing, I'd be like, Lord, if this just all results in them coming into your kingdom and having a kingdom life and having a kingdom marriage and having kingdom children. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, God, this is totally worth it. Amen. I mean, this is it. You know, and, and, and it's like, you know, and sometimes when we talk about, you know, just saving the world, but let's just, let's just focus on saving our neighbors. Yeah. Let's just focus, you know, on one at a time. You know, and I remember the days, and I and I said, you know, we're, we're we're just so focused, and we're not, when I'm so focused, and and during lunch breaks, you know, just going out to do extra prayers for individuals that were that I'm reaching out to, just pleading to God to continue to open hearts and open minds. But we need to remember to live out our, the gospel. We need to remember to proclaim the gospel. You know, and sometimes when you start proclaiming the gospel, some people get offended. You know, when you start calling people to put God first and his kingdom first, you know, and in order to do that, you got to let go of some things. Some people start getting offended, you know, but my concern for us is that we're not offending anybody. Not that we need to go out of the way to get offended. But I remember going into, uh, you know, Starbucks and and, and I remember this guy's reading um, a book called uh, Discipleship. And I remember walking in and I just I said, I said, hey, I can teach you how to live that out. You know, and, uh, and it's like, oh, OK. You know, so we said it turned, he turned out to be a minister of another another church. Right. And so I said, I can teach you. And we sat down and studied the Bible and started looking at some things. And, you know, and that that, you know, discipleship is a salvation issue. Come on, bro. Right. Lordship is a salvation issue, you know, and 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 of course, that's not what they want to hear because they just want to hear a a, a Jesus that has died for your sins. And they don't want to listen to that. He rose from the dead. And he gives you food. What's food for energy, sustenance to be able to live out spiritually and for us to be able to walk like him and follow him as disciples of his. And so we're preaching these things, and it's not quite the same salvation plan that he has. And after a couple of studies, calls he's starting to feel offended. You know, and, and, you know, it didn't go, that's kind of like it all, you know, Stop there. But are we preaching the gospel still? You know, are, are, are you willing to trade in the true gospel for some, comfortab- some other comfortability? Because I've seen people do that. Wow. I've seen people go to other places where they know that, you know, that the plan of salvation is not accurate. On, you know, and it's because of preference. Yes, you know, and, 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 you know, we need to live out the gospel. We need to proclaim the gospel. Yeah. But I love like in, in just I love that as Peter answered in verse 68, it's like, Lord, where shall we go? Right. And, and, and I love that he said he didn't say, Lord, where should I go? He said, Lord, where should we go? Like the 12 we go. And you know what? And we need partners in the gospel, you know, and I think for him, he knew that he, he wasn't in this alone. He was in this with partners in the gospel. You know, and, and, and I feel like with everything that I'm going through and we're all going through. And, and, and you know, the Crumpers, right, they, they have their memorial service tomorrow, you know, um, for their sister, you know. But it's like we're all going through something. We just, we just need partners. We need one another. And, uh, and I'm realizing, I mean, we had a great meeting last week. And I was just so encouraged by Avery because I felt like I was hearing his faith. And it made me realize, you know what, I need to hear other people's faith right now. You know, I have my faith, but I need other people's faith as well. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about? They gave you continued inspiration. You know, I hear, I hear, I need to continue to hear what the, what the Glens do and, and continue to reaching out to neighbors and stuff. You know, I just need to hear that. You know, I, I just need to be around, continue and seeing people like the Kwans, just always serving you know, I the McLaughlin's or the Crumpler's, the Chow's. I mean, I was, you know, you think about my sister said, wow, you know, I'm part of the Chow's Crumpler's faith group now, House Church. They said, wow, they really got this birthday thing down. <laughs> you know, it's like, man, you know, it's like, man, I need to hear that. Amen. You know, as partners, we need to hear that. Yeah. You know, we need one another. And, uh, and so, guys, as, as we're going to take communion I just want to call us back or call not back, but just let, let's take it deeper. Let's take it higher. Let's 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 keep our clear a purpose, you know, in our lives and in our church to live out the gospel, to proclaim the gospel and for us to have partners in the gospel. Amen. And, um, you know, Jesus talked about it, how if we, if we eat this bread and we drink his blood, how we will have eternal life. And You know, and, and we're going to be taking communion now. And this is just a a reminder of what Jesus has done in our lives. And it's a reminder for us to just reflect in our own lives and to proclaim that Jesus is Lord of our lives. And that we will not stop until the end. Amen? So with that, guys, let's go ahead and say a word of prayer, and uh, we'll take communion together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, we lift up our hearts. We're humbled, Father, first of all, in our hearts, God, just by the words of Jesus um, father, uh, we're so grateful that you've called us out of this world. And maybe today, father, you, someone's hearing this lesson, father, for the first time. And, and, uh, father, but we're just humbled God, because we're an imperfect people, God following a perfect savior and father, we're all sinners and we all fall short. And father, there are things that we can look at, um, father in our lives, even this week, God, and just, just know that God, that we could have uh, done something better. That, Father, we could have responded differently. And sometimes, Father, our resiliency in the way that we respond and react to things is just, it's just too low. But, Father, I, I'm so grateful to you, God, that you say, come and eat. Uh, and that, Father, that, that the eating doesn't cost anything. That, Father, the eating of you is, 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 is always available. And that uh, eating um, um, of you, God, it, it gives us energy. It gives us a focus. And it gives us the sustenance and the energy, Father, to continue to grow spiritually. Father, uh, please forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings. Father, like your word says, please forgive us of um, our offenses, Father, as we forgive those who offended us. And Father, please give us the strength, please give us the faith, God, to, to, Father, to, to live out, Father, just with the clear purpose of living out your gospel and proclaiming the gospel and having partners in the gospel. Please be with everyone now, God, and uh, help us just to be faithful to you, God, till the end. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.